Welcome to the Bone Coach Show, dedicated to helping you understand all things related to diet, lifestyle, bone health, and how you can live and thrive with low bone density and osteoporosis. I'm your host, Kevin Ellis, certified health coach, health and wellness speaker, and above all else, your bone coach. After being diagnosed with osteoporosis in my early 30s, I transformed my health through diet and lifestyle and now help my clients and community members do the same through my online coaching practice, Bone Coach. Look, there are no quick and easy cures for low bone density, but the choices we make every single day can have a powerful impact on our bones, our health, and our general well-being. I'll share the research, interview the experts, and help you figure out how to get the conditions right in your body so you can better your bones through diet and lifestyle. Short disclaimer, I'm not a medical doctor, and this show should not be considered medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare team before making medical decisions and changes to your diet and lifestyle. With that being said, let's get on with the show. Because we're quick fix society, so you're gonna be taking these acid blockers just to throw a Band-Aid on it and keep going at the level you're going. Now you're killing your stomach acid and you're, that's your first line of defense against H. pylori and against parasites. You go out and you have sushi, you love sushi, and hey, there's a parasite in the fish. You now no longer have hydrochloric acid to kick that out, and that's going to take root. And that's when we start to get that whole the bad community, right? It's like oh, over here, no defenses, guys. Let's let's set up our camps. You know, H. pylori they don't live alone. Pathogens don't live alone. We don't like to live alone, right? So it's like okay, you know, parasites come on in. H. pylori come on in. Candida and H. pylori they tag team each other, right? So then it's like now you've got this whole 85% bad, 15% good and you haven't realized that it's been building for a long time. If you haven't done so already, especially if you're newly diagnosed with osteopenia or osteoporosis, or if your most recent bone density scan still showed more bone loss, go ahead and pause this episode and head over to bonecoach.com to sign up for your free seven-day osteoporosis kickstart guide. That's going to give you everything you need step by step by step over the next seven days to get on the path to improvement and stronger bones. You won't want to miss that. So pause this right now, head over to bonecoach.com and I'll be here as soon as you get back. Welcome, welcome to this episode of the Bone Coach Show. Joining us today to explore gut health and osteoporosis connection with the microbiome, candida, autoimmunity, and more is Krista Arecchio. Krista has been a clinical and holistic nutritionist for the last 17 years. She's dedicated to helping individuals use food as medicine to heal from the root cause through her company, The Whole Journey. She specializes in digestive and hormonal health with her very popular online programs, Kick Candida for Good, Gut Thrive in Five, and now with the groundbreaking Adrenal Recode that resets the entire nervous system, including the adrenals and thyroid. She also takes a mind-body-spirit approach to total health. Krista and her clinical team have taken over 20,000 people through her paid programs with astounding success and have had the privilege to help millions more in a meaningful way with their free content. Krista is also the best-selling author of How to Conceive Naturally and Have a Healthy Pregnancy After 30, a sought-after speaker and the host of three health and wellness TV shows. Krista, it is so great to have you here today. Thanks for being here. Kevin, this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm glad to be here. I think so too. Let's let's dive into this. And and when we do dive into this, the first thing I always like to start out with is I want to, I want the audience to get a feel for a little bit of your journey. How did you get into the field of nutrition and go on to build this amazing company? I mean, amazing company has helped so many people all over the world uh, called the Whole Journey, and it's it's helping people use food as medicine to heal. So how did you get into that journey? Um. 
Well, I say, I mean, it's a heal or heal thyself, right? And so I had the worst case of candida that anyone has ever seen. And I, I affectionately say I was raised on pizza, pasta, and antibiotics because I am a Jersey girl, uh, Italian, Jersey girl, Italian, right? You're not in, and my dad was in the pharmaceutical industry. So that was his tool. Every time we sneezed, we got an antibiotic instead of a tissue. And so I was immune to amoxicillin by age six. Then I started going towards the really heavy hitting antibiotics to treat everything. I mean, I can still, this. I don't know if you've heard of Augmentin, I can still, that yellow pill, that taste, it's still in my mouth. And so um, I just didn't feel like a healthy person. And I, of course, understand it now. I've coined the term tag disorder, thyroid adrenal gut disorder. And I know, you know, being in functional medicine, it's like, if you can address those three things, you can pretty much heal almost any health condition. But if you don't, like pretty much everybody has problems with the thyroid, the adrenals and the gut. So I had all these low level problems because the antibiotics wiped out my good gut flora, caused raging candida, gave me insane sugar and carb cravings, constipation, bloating, brain fog, anxiety. And, um, and, and I just, the doctors told me I was normal. And I, so I went through that. I mean, I didn't even really want to play sports in high school. I was just kind of tired and I didn't figure it out until my early twenties. And, and then when I really understood what candida was seemed like such like a terrible disease online, right? You're like Googling in the middle of the night and looking at things (laughs) and I'm going to my medical doctor and he's like, "In, in your culture, you know, that might exist, but that's not a real thing. And I was like, okay, enough of this already. I'm going to take matters into my own hands. I'm going to figure this out. And so um, decided to dedicate my life to this field and to just helping people. I wanted to contribute to peace and conflict resolution. And I um, switched gears from international relations to um, clinical and holistic nutrition because I realized it all starts with us. And you can't be a peaceful person if you're not a healthy person. And so um, I went on this crusade to study this organism every which way from Sunday, because it's a very opportunistic organism. And I've done many candida cleanses and then figured out an approach that not only worked, but helped me thrive because you're converting your thyroid hormones from inactive to active in the gut. Your adrenals are affected by your gut health and your thyroid health, your adrenals and thyroid are a team. And so doing that changed my entire experience of life, uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And I felt like it set me on the path of self-actualization. And that's really why I do what I do is I want to see people self-actualize, understand the power of who they are. And you can't get there unless you're physically healthy. So, and then just it's all history from there. Right. And then you keep going. Then someone's like, can you create something that heals the entire gut? And I was like, sure, it should be possible. Right. So I went to nutty professor mode and created gut thrive and, And we've had the privilege to help a lot of people help themselves go on a completely different trajectory of life as a result, because, you know, you and I, we give the information, you know, I always say, I don't heal you, you heal you, I'm just the guide, but you guys have to implement it in your lives. And you've done an amazing job of that. And clearly it shows with all the lives that you've impacted too. Now, there's a major connection between gut health, our microbiome and our bone health. But I'd like to even start with just defining very simply, what is the gut and what is the microbiome? 
Okay, sure. Let's go back to basics. Okay, so when I'm talking when I'm talking about the gut, I'm primarily talking about your small intestine, your stomach, the process of how you digest food, create enzymes, how you can digest and absorb your food from the nutrients you eat, you eat and the health of the ecosystem. And when I'm talking about the microbiome, that is the collective genetic material of all the bugs that live in that one particular place. So we're talking bacteria, bacteriophage, parasites, protozoa, fungus, yeast, mold, candida, viruses, like they all live together. And, um, so we'll, we'll take all of that into an account. And so when we're talking about bone health, I don't know, do you ever talk about pH when you're discussing bone health, Kevin? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's something that we have everybody look at and test. And it's like when you, when you work with mainstream medical doctors, they're like, why would you test pH? You know, it doesn't ever shift. And if it did, you would die, right? It's got to maintain that narrow window of 7.25 to 7.45. And I say, you're absolutely right. But we want to understand, okay, how much metabolic waste is being produced? Just because you had uh, Girardia 10 years ago and mono in high school and chicken pox and all of that, all of that affects exactly what you're experiencing now. It's not over, right? If you didn't complete the immune education response. So we want to look at what kind of metabolic waste is being produced. And you can totally see how that is affecting pH. And then you know what, the body's going to maintain that narrow blood window, and it's going to pull minerals from your bones in order to do it. So healing gut health is exponentially beneficial to your bones, just going to help it maintain that narrow blood window pH and keep inflammation at bay. And what are the, I, I know you mentioned there are a variety of different bugs that are inside our microbiome and, and why is it important to keep them balanced also? Yeah. So it's like any community. I always relate the microbiome like a community, right? It's like, okay, well, let's say we, we have symbiotic bugs. We have pillars of the community and people who are thinking more than just about themselves and the community they live in and the people and the environment and, and want to support that. And then you have some people who are only think opportunistic, right? Only thinking about themselves, want to take advantage of others. You've got to be careful, right? What's going on in the neighborhood? And we need them both. Okay. We need pathogens to keep our immune system strong. It basically forces our immune system to go to the gym, right? And stay strong and aware. And so that's really wonderful. Um, but I'm, I'm sorry, somebody is at my door here. So it's really wonderful when you can have 15% bad bugs and an 85% good bugs. And so what's happened from GMOs, overuse of antibiotics, I mean, I'm talking 55 million unnecessary antibiotic prescriptions a year that they're trying to treat something viral and people just want to walk out with a pill. So they're killing their good gut bacteria, right? And then you talk about sugar, caffeine, just what's happened to our food supply, glyphosate in the environment. Uh, I could go on and on stress, all the things that kill our good gut bacteria. Now it's flipped. Now, most people are like 85 bad and 15 good. And that's why we're sicker than we've ever been. That's why we have an infertility epidemic going on. That's why we have so much obesity and diabetes and the body just can't function and autoimmune disease and chronic digestive disease. And people are living with a much lower level of health than they ever have before. We may be living longer, but it's about quality of life. 
And is it just these external environmental things that are affecting, uh, you know, our microbiome is, or and, and the composition, or is it also maybe a personal health history too? Yeah, it's everything, right? It really is everything. So what we're taking into account, yeah, your entirety of your personal health history, like if somebody had a hysterectomy, let's say that's going to, well, you know how much that impacts bone health, but that's also going to impact gut health, thyroid, adrenal health. We're looking at every infection they've ever had in their life because I would use homeopathy or homeoprophylaxis, something called nosodes to complete the immune education cycle, but most people never get to do that. So the example, classic example is I had chronic strep throat all the time growing up. How could I not with all the antibiotics and what's the solution? You know, I'm 18. Oh, just take her tonsils out, right? Take away her first line of immune defense to get my tonsils out. And then it's, Okay. And so then every time I get sick, of course, I get this chronic cough and it starts with a sore throat. So I finally go to a homeopath who's giving me the strep no so My body never got a chance to complete the immune education cycle. So when you, when you look at a person's history and they've got 10 of those situations, um, that's, that's going to be something really important to look at. So it's current diet, stressors, it's antibiotic history, um, environment, Emotions affect our microbiome dramatically. I'm so glad that science is finally pointing that out. So the connection between mental health and the gut microbiome, and then, yeah, the history of a whole human life, including, you know, a number of pregnancies and whether you had cesareans or whether you delivered vaginally. So there's a lot to to dive in there to look at this uh, comprehensively. And how does that specifically you know, whether someone had a uh, a C-section or a natural birth, how does that affect the microbiome? Well, it's about what, what affects, well, the child, right, is what we're looking at. Because if they're born via cesarean, they don't get what's called uh, the vaginal gulp, which is their first. Well, we used to think, we used to think that was their first exposure to, to bacteria. But now we know, we researched for our fertility and prenatal book that we wrote, that the in the amniotic fluid is the first place where they can get that. And so there's a lot of cesareans. I don't want any, any one of your viewers to watch that and think, oh my gosh, what I do to my child. It's like, no, knowledge is power. And it's like, if we can understand that and you went through a cesarean, then all we need to do is make sure that we're using B infantis, you know, on the nipple for nursing and, and we're, or, or, or in the bottle and we're starting to introduce and help to colonize um, that child's gut. But unfortunately that knowledge isn't mainstream. So kids start out with a handicap, but I'm a beautiful example of like I had the wasp, cesarean, you name it, I've had it and every sickness and that, but the body's so amazing that, that nothing is irreversible and you can achieve vibrant health as long as you just understand the total picture of what you're working with. When it comes to gut health, I know you've taken a particular interest uh, in, in gut infections and how, how did that come to be? Why did you get so interested in gut infections? Well, I like to say that I'm a root cause uh, practitioner. I know a lot of people say that, but um, this was like way back in probably 2008 to 2010. And it's just my clients were my school. And so, yes, I'm cleaning up a lot of their issues, cleaning up their diet. But then when I really started getting into the labs and running the labs and finding all of these gut infections and understanding the pathophysiology of disease, it's like, okay, well, this is first base to, to 
improving your health. There's a saying we just posted, I've got 99 problems and healing my gut solved like 90 of them. So I, I wanted to make sure that I didn't make anyone or myself waste any time or energy. So how can I, I start and be like the most efficient? So if I'm going to try to help you heal your thyroid and adrenals and your gut's a mess, you'll feel temporarily better and it'll be a band-aid and then you'll feel sick again. And I didn't want to be that type of quick fix practitioner. And um, so I really started diving deep into the history and, and understanding that this is it, you know, Hippocrates, father of natural medicine, 5,000 years ago, all disease begins in the gut. It's not new. It's just like new to us <laughs> in our particular culture now. And, you know, I've been talking about this so long, but it's nice to see the microbiome finally coming into center stage in mainstream science. And are, what are the most common gut infections that you've seen? SIBO is the most common now, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and candida, but I'm seeing this hybridization of uh, small intestinal fungal overgrowth where they're together. And it's interesting because we we built algorithms to replace lab work when I made the, dig the digital transition from one-on-one -on -one to online. We spent two years running before and after labs so we could build a series of algorithms so that our programs could be as effective as working privately and customize. And so we have had to adjust those algorithms since the pandemic because of hypothyroid-induced SIBO due to stress. So that's been really interesting. We're finding now like about 50% of SIBO is driven by the thyroid. But I mean, we all can collect. There's uh, protozoa, infections, you know, there, I found them, especially blastocystis hominis to be um, one of the driving root causes of uh, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And, um, and then also Epstein-Barr. So when you're looking at, okay, if you had mono, you have the EBV virus, and then that can then become dormant or active. It never goes away. And so there's a Polish study where they're finding Epstein-Barr virus in thyroid cells over and over again. So you have to heal the, the gut infections to reverse any manner of autoimmunity, but those are, those are the primary ones. And then if your guts, your guts weak, your stomach is weak. If that's your point, let's say you took a ton of antibiotics or um, you have acid reflux and you have heartburn. I mean, obviously it's going to be hard to have healthy bones if you have acid reflux and, and, and heartburn and all of that. And to use your B12, actually, you know, to, for it to be delivered to the brain. And so we do see a lot of that because a lot of people are trying to kill their acid because we're a quick fix society. So you're going to be taking these acid blockers just to throw a bandaid on it and keep going at the level you're going. Now you're killing your stomach acid and you're, that's your first line of defense against H. pylori and against parasites. You go out and you have sushi, you love sushi, and hey, there's a parasite in the fish. You now no longer have hydrochloric acid to kick that out, and that's going to take root. And that's when we start to get that whole, the bad community, right? It's like, oh, over here, no defenses, guys. Let's let's set up our camps. You know, H. pylori, they don't live alone. Pathogens don't live alone. We don't like to live alone, right? So it's like, okay, you know, parasites, come on in. H. pylori, come on in. Candida and H. pylori, they tag team each other, right? So then it's like, now you've got this whole 85% bad, 15% good, and you haven't realized that it, it's been building for a long time. And you just mentioned they they don't live alone. It's not like they're doing what they're doing in isolation also, and they communicate. 
and they use uh, quorum sensing, right? So can you tell us a little bit about what quorum sensing is? Yes. Um, so I will say before I jump to quorum sensing, when you, when we say they don't live alone, it's like, just like we like to live in houses, Kevin, they all like to live in houses as well. And so they build protective barriers called biofilms and that's where they can then live inside of. And so most practitioners, especially when they're new, they may make that mistake to not break apart the biofilm. So you can actually get to the pathogens and mobilize them out of the body. But once we break apart the, um, the, the biofilms, what we've done, and like you, we have very natural-minded approach with a high respect for the inherent intelligence of the human body. And I like to let the body lead as much as humanly possible and do no harm and also be compassionate towards the bugs, right? Like they're in there, but like we don't need to attack them. And I know you'll get this analogy, you know, having your military background, it's that, you know, it is open warfare in the microbiome and war, when you're going to go in there with bombs, you are invariably going to kill innocent civilians and you're going to destroy the terrain, the land and um, both natural medicine and allopathic medicine does that very well. You can't just say, okay, I'm just going to use botanicals and now I'm doing no harm. And so we've studied these bugs intently to, we truly want to do no harm. So we understand the way they communicate is through quorum sensing. And that's like a telepathic cell phone technology, if you will. And so when they have communication, strong cell tower, so to speak, between them, they can replicate, they can share their genetic code and they can replicate really fast. That's how people get sicker and sicker. And then it's just this like snowball effect. Instead of just going in guns blazing, bombing them all and trying to start off fresh, what we do is very gently, we cheat all the herbs, we work at the genetic level and keep them under the threshold so that we take away their cell phones because cut the signal. So now they're like, oh, we, we can't communicate, we can't replicate. So we've stopped the bleed, so to speak. It's a tourniquet. And then we'll go in with lower levels and we'll really start to clean it up. We will slash inflammation at first because if you can change the terrain, make it inhospitable, right? then it's like, hey, let's gently invite you to leave. This is no longer an environment that's conducive to host you. And so we try to do as much as naturally as possible that way. And are there specific, uh, you mentioned herbs and are there specific herbs and supplements, cleansing techniques, things like that, that you are using to kind of execute this strategy? Oh yeah. So we've been working within our Gut Thrive and Five program, five steps to heal the microbiome, rejuvenate the immune system. Step one is slashing inflammation. And that's when we're going to get rid of all the food sensitivities. And we're going to use uh, food sensitivity support enzymes to clean up old molecules of inflammation from the 11 most common food sensitivities. We're going to use proteolytic enzymes, which proteo just means protein. We're going to go use like a vacuum cleaner, right? Like it's kind of like pre-cleaning before you clean. You have kids, you know what I mean? Like you're tripping over toys, you can't sweep the floor. And so we're going to go ahead and we're going to um, use proteolytics and that's going to go in and that's going to eat up foreign protein throughout the body and then process it through the bowels. Really holistic. We've saved a lot of people, um, breast surgeries, benign breast, fibroid surgeries by being able to do this as long as they're not huge when they're smaller this is when you really get them and it's your maintenance and then digestive enzymes full spectrum digestive enzymes to give the organs a complete break send them on vacation they're overworking so send them on vacation use enzymes to tonify the digestive tract and then you're ready to purge pathogens 
And then we'll use herbs. We'll use lomatium, dissectum. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's like the brilliant, very gentle antiviral that works at the genetic level, oregano oil, palo de arco, wormwood, you know, you name it. We use up to 50 different ones and it, and we customize within our program. And I know you're a big fan of Hippocrates where, where uh, I know we talked about all disease begins in the gut. Can we just talk about uh, leaky gut, what it is, and then how that leads to autoimmune disease? Because so many people in our community that have osteopenia and osteoporosis, and they have maybe some contributor to inflammation or something that's fueling bone loss that has to be addressed. I see autoimmune conditions uh, as a big part of that picture. So could we talk about that for a minute? And again, that's how you stop the bleed. I mean, one major reason how you stop the bleed on osteoporosis, because you're not going to pull minerals from the bones anymore when you heal leaky gut and your liver is going to get stronger. So leaky gut or intestinal dysbiosis, if you think of the lining of your small intestine, like a brick wall, uh, right? And you've got what holds it together where the bricks are, those are called your tight junctions. And over time, they can get loose right? From all the things we talked about from antibiotics and GMOs and stress and caffeine, sugar, alcohol. And so now we start now molecules that should not be escaping the lining of the small intestine. They are now escaping. They're going directly to the brain. They're having to be reprocessed. They're recirculating through the blood, causing more metabolic waste, more acidosis. The spleen now went from 40 hours a week to 80 hours a week. It's like, well, I already cleaned this up. Why do I have to clean this up again, right? Same thing for the liver that's metabolizing all of our toxins of life. And so <clears throat> it's one of the, it's, it's food sensitivities are an early warning sign of autoimmunity because they're a sign of leaky gut. You go in, you heal and seal the gut. Vast majority of food sensitivities go away. You retest, you're like, oh, I only have three. You know, I don't have a hundred. <laughs> so, um, so important to heal and seal that gut and to think about the lining, the gut lining integrity all the time, like daily, have a cup of high quality bone broth with collagen and ghee daily, right? Like those kinds of things where I think, oh, okay, it's the holidays. I, I had three parties this weekend. I had uh, two drinks at each party. That's like a lot for me. So I'm like, okay, now I'm going to have, <clears throat> you know, a full day of broth. And I'm going to take my GI support and soothe, which is our leaky gut support formula, marshmallow root, slippery elm tea. Like you're going to be doing those things to, to backlog, you know, fill it in, right? Like the mortar, so to speak. And you mentioned a couple foods there. So you mentioned bone broth, you mentioned ghee specifically. Why do you like those? And then what are some other maybe foods that you incorporate or other things like that, that you incorporate into a, a plan for healing the gut lining? Yeah, well, we use, I love um, <clears throat> Ayurveda. So we use CCFT, cumin, coriander, and fennel tea. Um, fennel will be very calming and cooling to the gut. Coriander will uh, train the pancreas to produce more pancreatic enzymes. It can help you digest fat better, help you use your protein better. And um, of course, I'm, I am a fan of using the, the enzymes, the supplements to help you um, catalyze the nutrient energy so you can use it while you're healing the gut. But yeah, we like slippery elm, marshmallow roots. You can have those in the form of tea. Ghee is very calming and soothing. 
bone broth's probably our best, right? Bone broth and collagen, get it in wherever you can. Collagen's easy. Mix it in your oatmeal, put it in your smoothie. Like I mash it up with avocado for avocado toast. So I have protein. And so there's, there's lots of ways to get that in and, and it's winter here. So <clears throat> no shortage of soups and maybe start your day with bone broth instead of coffee or see how that goes, right? That's like a huge upgrade. And then you might start your day with energy and peace instead of kind of that that kickstarted, especially if you get jittery, that would be a great thing to start with. And then um, okra, if you can find it, and that's a great food. Um, if you live in the Southwest, the nopal cactus and nopales and, and that kind of uh, soup, or those are really healing to the lining of the gut. Is in terms of long-term, when we think about healing the gut, is this something that just happens, you know, I drink some bone broth for a month and, you know, my gut's healed or is it something we're thinking about more longer term? Yeah. Well, that's why we developed Gut Thrive in Five. It's like you can struggle for years with something and really drag this out or you can just focus, go through a process, right? Slash inflammation, purge pathogens, heal and seal the gut. And then then you optimize hydrochloric acid. Then you bring in the prebiotic fibers. Prebiotics are not probiotics, prebiotics feed the good gut bacteria, but it's like a garden. You need to weed it, reseed it, and then provide natural fertilizer and water it so that they can grow. And so you do that with prebiotics afterwards. And that's when it's really safe again to bring fermented foods back in. I've had a, a ferment, fermented food craze, but you don't know what you're feeding. So I, I think it's dangerous to just willy-nilly throw in probiotics and um, fermented foods when you're not aware of what's actually going on in there. So, and if somebody still has a small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or small intestinal uh, fungal overgrowth, how can you know incorporating those prebiotic foods uh, affect people? Yeah, well, so we have to be very careful with them because you know if you give them a tablespoon of sauerkraut, they could bloat like a dead fish, right? And be like, oh, what's happened? And so. Um, we, their bodies will respond. We use cleansing techniques. We use saltwater flushes. Sometimes we use coffee enemas. Sometimes we use castor oil packs. It really depends, but we're also working on slowly increasing whole food carbs to handle the hypothyroid portion of this. And, and berberines work really well to, to chase back the, the SIBO and reset the metabolism um, as it relates to the gut strains. And so we want to make sure with those guys, we're using soil-based organisms to, to fix their gut versus um, other probiotics with, when, we're, when we're talking about other infections. And then once we get that under control, we start with like three strains of sauerkraut, you know, with fermented food and, and start to train their body to use that to grow the good and make sure we're not like, overgrowing the good because it's still a balance. You want them grown to a certain level right? Um, but uh, again, we want to give the directive to the human body. And so we'll use several different strains based upon where that person is originally from, Asia, Africa, North America, and just to use it like a starter log. And then their body from this process we take them through from the air they breathe, the water they drink, the food they eat, they're going to make totally different strains. We all will do that, right? Make completely different strains. You can hug someone in your family and that's, you're doing a microbiome exchange and your body is amazing because then it's taking what it needs and it's starting to build it once you flip the script and you get onto a proper healing directive. And what I'm really picking up from you is this takes patience. It takes time. 
It's mm-hmm. not, you know, uh, it takes, it's not a quick fix. It's not something that's just going to happen overnight, but you can, as you slowly start to introduce these things or slowly start to incorporate these things, you can improve, you can heal your gut, your gut can get better and raise your health. And I'd like to give a reframe. Yes, it takes patience and time, but how does like, how it's way better than 10 years takes a lot longer of throw. Oh, I'll try this quick fix and that quick fix and throw this probiotic. Now you've lost so much quality of life. You would have, you would choose to do totally different things with your time. You would show up completely different in your relationships. So it's really an act of self-love to say, okay, I'm hitting the pause button and I'm doing this and I'm going to reset my life knowing it's not just going to reset your physical health. It's going to, it's going to have you understand your whole, who you are and how you relate to everything in a different way. So I see it as the quickest fix, right? I really do. But it's so many of us don't want to stop or pause. Like when, when I, um, we just started doing discovery calls just so we could reconnect with our tribe a little bit more and help them find the right program for them. And it's like, okay, I said, listen, take three days off work. Why is that such a huge deal? Go to the grocery store, carve out that space for yourself, read through the program, prepare your food and get the hang of this. Like that's all I'm talking about. Like you just need to pause until you get the ball rolling. And then within three weeks, you're going to be feeling so great. And even though it's a, it's a big life change, so to speak, maybe for many people to focus on their health, um, this acutely, it, the reward is already coming right after three weeks time. So that's great. Anything else you think is important for our, our listeners to understand about our gut health, maybe how it's connected to bone health or osteopenia or osteoporosis. Uh, this has been really, really informative. And I know people are learning a lot right now too. And if you are learning a lot, make sure you hit the like button or share this with somebody who needs to hear this, because you may hear somebody talking about how every time after they eat, they're bloated or, you know, every time after, or maybe this is you, you've got issues with one of these things. You just can't put your finger on it. Be sure to share this with somebody who needs to hear it too. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Well, the body, I mean, we're both in the same field and we know that the body is not an island. You know how we treat these separate organs and the systems as if they don't communicate. And so, of course, this, you know, it affects the bones we talked about with, with pH, like that's huge and toxins, but the liver and the liver's ability by getting such a huge upgrade to the liver by healing your gut in this way. Now you're going to produce different cholesterol from which your hormones are made. And we know a root cause of uh, osteoporosis is low testosterone in women, right? And so this is this is a beautiful way to heal it at the front of the chain, healing the adrenals and supporting the liver so that proper testosterone levels can be made and that can, can maintain bone integrity. And, and just and- helping the bones and helping the bone marrow, right? To produce the right amount of platelets and white blood cells and red blood cells. It's like, it's incredibly supportive to, to your bones and to your bone health. You can't separate digestive health and bone health and hormonal health and bone health. They're all, they're all one big happy family. Absolutely agree with you. And then uh, the last thing before we let everybody know where they can find you at is, could you just what are what are some of your favorite foods that you like to incorporate uh, in in your everyday plan? In my everyday plan, or um, your or your weekly plan, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, so, you know, bone broth is a staple in my home and my diet. Um, cassava is a staple. People are like, how do I get out of gluten-free? But also, oh my gosh, it's such a gut healing food because it has resistant starch and it tastes just the same. You have like, no, I just had a cassava tortilla with my soup um, right before doing this podcast. And um, Tom O'Brien, I know I'm sure you know him, he's coming over for dinner tonight and making Italian wedding soup um, with cassava orzo. And like a sourdough, gluten-free sourdough, avocado toast with nutritional yeast. And so, um, yeah, just making these foods part of your just general, general MO on a regular basis. And for the adrenals, we've got an adrenal healing creamsicle. And if I know, okay, I'm going to be on the go filming a lot, you know, you're coming out to film. I may drink an adrenal healing creamsicle like right before. And that's just supporting blood sugar, thyroid, gut. It's just orange juiced collagen. You can use either regular cream or if you're dairy-free coconut cream and pink salt. Um, That's going to be very supportive to refilling glycogen stores. uh, So you don't drive up cortisol and thin the lining of the gut. Yeah, there's just so many, so many good foods out there, the CCFT and the root vegetables, but it's, it's, for me, it's also simple eating and it's all quality focused, right? Like do not consume a low level of antibiotics, which basically every time you eat out, if you're eating conventional meat, you are. And so focusing on only wild fish, no farm raised fish, pasture raised chicken, 100% grass fed, grass finished beef. I mean, I live in one of the healthiest cities in the nation and there's probably still only five restaurants I can go to where I know I'm sacrificing nothing because seed oils are terrible and restaurants have to maintain a 28% food budget. So of course they're going to use the cheapest, junkiest oils, even if they're using healthier ingredients everywhere else, right? So get rid of the canola and the soy oil and the soybean, corn oil and vegetable oil. Like that's not healthy. So yeah, make sure you were careful when you eat out because a lot of damage can happen there. Well, you are a wealth of knowledge, Krista. I am so glad we had this uh, this conversation. I know our audience really appreciates it too. Can you let everyone know where they can find you at and what's the best way to get in touch with you if they need help? Oh, sure. I am thewholejourney.com and the whole journey on Instagram, Facebook. And if you want to go directly into the things we spoke about, um, gutthriveand5.com or kickcandidaforgood.com. And I, like I said, you, you mentioned in my bio, I have three TV shows. So we give away as, as much free information to help people as possible. There, there's an abundance of five minute action driven shows on the whole journey.com. And if you're interested in just search it. Yeah. Soon to be bone health with you, right? You're yeah. I'll out. be coming out to San Diego to do an interview with you and we'll find one of those really good restaurants that, that does that. I know true food kitchen is, they do a pretty good job. Too. I know, but I want to take you to Good Anya or Nectarine Grove. I'm going to step it up from True Food too. I've heard of Nectarine Grove. I haven't been there before. Okay. Um, well, I'm I'm glad that we had this conversation. And for everyone listening, you can find all of the resources, show notes, everything mentioned here today over at bonecoach.com forward slash Krista Arecchio, the whole journey. I want to thank everyone again so much for your time. We'll see you in the next episode. Hope you found this episode of The Bone Coach Show helpful. You can find all the resources, show notes, everything mentioned over at bonecoach.com. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, be sure to share it with someone you love, a friend, family member, even a group of people. And also be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode that can help you improve your bones, your health, 
the near future. One last reminder, if you haven't done so already, head over to bonecoach.com for more great resources to help you get on the path to stronger bones and an active future. I'm your bone coach, Kevin Ellis. I'll see you in the next episode.